Hey everybody, you're listening to Big Things with Zach Miko, and on today's episode we do a very special Valentine's Day mailbag with me, Zach Miko. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the theme song. Alright everyone and welcome to Big Things with Zach Miko. As always, I am your host, Zach Miko. You know, one day it'd be really funny if someone else was hosting this, but they're not gonna because it's my show. Don't know what to tell you guys. Uh, Everyone, I hope you had a wonderful week. I hope you had a wonderful Valentine's Day last week. Um, A lot of people hate Valentine's Day and I totally get why. Um, It's actually my wife's favorite holiday. I don't get it, but... I mean, I do. Love is a wonderful, wonderful thing to celebrate, but I think for a lot of us, for a very long time, Valentine's Day was (laughs) not the most fun time in our lives. But now I love Valentine's Day, because I'm lucky enough to be with somebody I love. But even in the past, I've had wonderful Valentine's Days with my friends. So, I thought it'd be fun this week to kind of do a special mailbag. I haven't done a QA and a mailbag in a long time, guys, so I figured we'd do it, and I wanted to stick to the conversation around Valentine's Day, love, dating, all of that stuff, because especially as a big person, dating can be very difficult, um, there's a lot of our own insecurities in the way, I know that my insecurities were just insanely over the top before I met my wife, Laura, so I know it's the same for, you know, many other people out there. So what I asked is on Instagram and all the social media is I was like, hey guys, send me in some questions about love and relationships and all that fun stuff so we could talk about it today. And it was a lot of fun because some people thought I was asking for relationship advice and y'all are very, very sweet. Um, Everyone's like, oh, Zach, just, you know, be yourself and get Swiss chocolate and uh, like (laughs) really, really fun stuff. Uh, But I'm married, guys. I've been married for almost five years now. So I'm very happy Um, and not to brag or anything, but I feel like my wife and I have a pretty phenomenal relationship. Um, One of the reasons we did so well when we got together is I think for both of us, we were both in a place in our lives that for the very first time we were entirely comfortable being alone. I spent my whole life trying to find somebody to love me. I felt like all of my life and all of my validation came down to meeting someone who actually cared about me and found me attractive and loved me, and I didn't think I ever would. Um, So I spent years chasing bad relationships, um, being not the greatest person in the world, trying to do everything I can to have a woman validate my life by telling me that I'm worth something. And in that process, I never really learned to love myself. So what happens is I ended up going on tour before I started modeling, before I started doing pretty much anything else. I actually worked in children's theater, so I used to go on tour a lot. And I was on tour with this show called uh, King Arthur and the Magic Sword, which I played the Black Knight and Sir Gawain. 
And it was one of the most fun times of my life, but it was such a transformative thing because when you go out on tour, you're with the people you're on tour with. There were six of us. That was it. We had four cast members, a tour manager, and a technical director slash tech person. And that's all we had. So there's a lot of time spent alone and time spent on self-reflection. In doing so, I ended up kind of, as cheesy as it sounds, finding myself in a way. And for the first time in my life, I was content with who I was. And I was content being alone. And I slowly was starting the process to learn to love myself. Uh, In the meantime, after the tour, I immediately met my wife, who was also on a same journey of self-discovery, who had spent her whole life in relationships, uh, valuing herself based on what her life with her partner was like, rather than on her own, on herself. So she had come through this also journey of self-discovery, and the reason I think like we did so well is we both uh, liked ourselves for the first time in our lives when we met, and we were both entirely content with spending time with just ourselves. So it, it ended up working out. And of course, you know, as soon as I'm finally happy just meet it being by myself, I end up meeting the girl of my dreams. I'm not saying that'll happen, but I'm saying I think I, be- I finally, because I was able to love myself and respect myself, that's why I ended up finally getting into a good relationship. So that's a little backstory on why I feel like <laughs> I'm a little okay to talk about relationship because I think it's fun and I think I'm in a good one. So anyway... Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I have a couple of questions from you about love, about relationships, about myself, you know, all sorts of fun stuff. So let's get started. Just so everybody knows, I'll be referring to everyone as either Dharma or Greg. Why? Because it's fun. Uh, Also, just to protect anonymity of people, you know, I don't want people to blow up folks' spots, which I've done in the past before. P.S. Sorry, I've definitely uh, (laughs) blown up some people's spots, so I will not do that today. So, let's start with, got something from, let's see, something from Dharma. Let's start, let's start easy. Dharma asks, what's your favorite Disney characters? Now, the reason I'm going to start with that is because it's light, but also because Disney is always about love. If you notice, every Disney movie has some sort of love aspect to it, with the exception of the latest couple, like big ones, like Moana and Frozen. I mean, Frozen had a love story in it, but the main character wasn't part of the love story. So Disney's getting away from that. But when we grew up, it was always someone trying to find their Prince Charming or vice versa. Um, I mean, it goes back, you know, Snow White found her Prince Charming, Aurora and Sleeping Beauty found her also Prince Charming, Prince Philip. His name is Prince Philip. I think I knew that. I have some Disney nerds that would be very upset. But on and on, Ariel and Eric, Mulan and uh, his name I can't remember, and everyone's going to be very upset with me. Uh, (laughs) there's, There's tons and tons and tons. So, what's my favorite Disney character? I was always a big fan of the Beast. Uh, I was always a big fan of the big guys. I think I understood the Beast a lot. Like, growing up, I felt hideous my whole life. And it made me angry. And I feel like I was a very bitter person, and I lashed out at other people because I felt so bad about myself. Um, 
And I got that. Now, at the same time, the prince was a douchebag many, many times. I mean, the prince before he turned into the beast. The whole reason he turned into the beast is because he was a dick to a beggar woman um, who turned out to be a magical witch. Not, you know, spoiler alert for Sleeping Beauty, I guess. Uh, I mean, Beauty and the Beast. They all have beauty in the name. You knew what I meant. Um, but yeah, no, I think the beast is is something that we all have in us. This this overwhelming feeling of insecurity and feeling like we aren't good enough. So because of that, we end up shutting other people out, whether on purpose, whether by mistake. You know, I definitely relate to him. So we're going to do the beast. Um, next question. We have a question from uh, Greg. <laughs> Is it hard to get women being a brawny guy? That's very interesting. Um, I think one of the biggest issues with um, being a bigger person and feeling like you cannot get women or get men or whatever you want to call it, whichever whichever floats your boat, um, I think... I feel like a lot of it is internal. I really did feel like I could never find somebody because of my size. And those people I did find, I thought I was tricking them somehow. And that's that's the craziest part is I always had girlfriends. I had a girlfriend from when I was like, I mean, I had my first girlfriend at like 16 or 15 15 or 16. And then I was always kind of in a relationship since then. But I had convinced myself that all of these women... Um, liked me because I had tricked them somehow. I was funny. I gave them stuff. I provi- I, I made myself invaluable. I did whatever they wanted. I made sure they were laughing. I took care of them. I drove them places. I was always, I never thought they actually found me attractive. I thought that I had just tricked them into being in a relationship with me by kind of making up for stuff on other aspects. And I feel like that mentality really was difficult. I feel like I uh, put out a feeling of being desperate whenever I was around women. I I valued so I felt so much of my life over whether women would find me attractive or not. And looking back on it now objectively, it was really sad. I mean, it was really kind of pathetic. Um because I did every every aspect of my life. Every I could not meet a girl. I could not have female friends. I had female friends, but when I was single, it was always the thought of like, well, maybe me and this person will have something now. Maybe, I know we're friends, but hopefully they find me attractive. Maybe they do. Ah, I don't know. I couldn't have a meaningful interaction with the opposite sex because I was so fucked up in my way of thinking because I placed so much value on whether I was attractive or not that I didn't think it was even possible for men and women to have a meaningful friendship. Every female friend I ever had, I was just like, oh, maybe we'll date one day. Who knows? And it wasn't until I met my wife that that all changed because getting into a meaningful, trustful, real love relationship freed me so much. I felt like I was free to actually know people like taking the burden away of having to find a mate i guess like freed me up so much to be able to talk to people 
to learn who they were, to actually become friends, to actually focus on myself, to actually focus on what I wanted to do in life rather than making sure I found a mate. It, it was, it sounds very clinical and very stupid because it was. I, you know, it, it's, it was tough. It was hard. I mean, I really, I really was positive that women did not find me attractive because of my size. Because when, you know, we're growing up, everything they show us is dudes in six packs with the perfect skin and the perfect hair and the perfect bodies. There was no guy that looked like me that was pinned up on a, you know, a girl's bedroom wall. But I also did the same thing. I also thought in a very shallow way. It wasn't like I had a diverse range of bodies, you know, posted on my wall. I had a picture of Britney Spears on my wall next to Christina Aguilera and all this. And because I was a gross little kid, (laughs) um, yeah, it's, I think with dating, there's always going to be that as a, until you really learn and go through your own body positive journey, there's always going to be that little bit of stuff there that keeps you doubting yourself. That was the hardest part about dating as a brawn guy, I think, was thinking at all times, no one would ever find me attractive. And I was wrong. I was dead wrong. I think that's the moral of this story. A lot of these feelings that you have as a big person is your own personal blocks that you've put up in your head. So it's important to remember that. Uh, But yeah, great question. Let's see what else we have. Um, Let's see. We're going to do... Oh, uh, Greg asks... How do I gain slash so confidence in dating as a bigger person? I struggle with that. That kind of piggybacks off the last thing I said, which is even better. I cannot preach self-love more. I cannot preach the need to learn to love yourself and the journey to really find out who you truly are is the most important thing. The only reason I found true love was that I for the first time time in my life took the steps to start loving myself and that's why in the question he asked how do you gain slash show confidence I don't want you to worry about showing confidence because everyone says like oh you just got to be confident you put yourself out there it's really important about actually becoming confident because I showed confidence when I was dating But on the inside, I was the most insecure, poisoned person you could ever meet. And it wasn't until I started gaining my actual confidence that I felt better. Really need to struggle on and struggle and focus on making your life what you want it to be. That will make you gain confidence more than anything else. A perfect partner isn't a reason to live. It is a wonderful partner and addition to your life. And it's amazing to wrap your life around somebody else's that way. But in order to wrap your life with somebody else's, you need to have a a life worth wrapping with, if that makes sense. Um, I spend so much of my time sitting around waiting for love to happen. And it's so important to focus on what else do you want to do? The, the, the focus on self-love is what do you want to do as a person? 
Do you want to be a singer? Have you always dreamed of going out and singing? Well, start doing it. And go out and scare yourself. Go to an open mic and sing a song and bomb. You're going to bomb horribly. We're all like, it's not going to go well right out of the gate, but keep trying, keep getting better. The more you practice, the more confident you'll get, the, the better you'll get at singing, the better you'll get at performing, the better, better you'll get in front of stage fright. And that applies to everything in life. Find what you want to do and go do it and focus on it and be ready to change and flex. Find out what you're good at and go with it. And that's just going to make you a more confident person. Do things that scare you. I was terrified of taking off my shirt in public. That was my biggest fear. Even when I started modeling, I refused. I was offered roles to do like underwear stuff, and I refused to do it because I knew I had to take my shirt off. I swam in my shirt every day. I never went to the beach or the pool without a shirt on. I was the guy who absolutely needed a changing room to try on a t-shirt. I would not do it in front of people. My biggest fear in middle school was taking my hoodie off and it like getting stuck on my t-shirt. So like when I took off my hoodie, like my t-shirt would pull up and people would see my belly. I was so terrified of that. And now it's like I, I it's it's such a even now it's a feeling. And it wasn't until I go out and like challenged myself to be out there to show my body that I started gaining confidence in my own body. Um Greg, I totally get the how you struggle with your own confidence dating, but I think the focus is to grow your confidence in yourself before you worry about having to show it to somebody else. Life is hard when you're lonely. It is hard without a partner. And sometimes I've been in such a good relationship for so long that I totally forget the absolute aching pain that loneliness can cause. But learning to be confident and learning to be content with yourself eases a lot of those pains. So when you do meet someone, you can finally get into a healthy relationship because you're looking for somebody to share your life with, not to become your life. And I think that's very, very important. So thank you. Uh, next question from Dharma. Where is the best place for a first date? Um, somewhere better than I took my wife on a first date. Uh, <laughs> what's important, I think, in a place for a first date is conversation really don't go to the movies don't do anything like that meals dinner at a restaurant is always good coffee is always good drinks at a bar are always good a walk in the park are always good when you're first meeting people the whole idea is that you are learning who they are and because you need to know if you want to be with them i think that's another thing when you go into a date when you go into a relationship you're not auditioning for your date. You think about it more as like you're interviewing them for you. You're inviting them into your life and you want to find out if it's someone you do want to share things with. So conversation is absolutely key. So definitely a place that you can talk in the beginning. I made the mistake of uh, trying to show off my first date with my wife. Um, 
as I said, I didn't have a lot of confidence in a lot of things, but I thought I was a pretty good singer at the time. At the time, I wanted to be a singer-songwriter. Now it's a very fun hobby. But um, at the time, I thought it was one of my only real skills in life. So I took my wife to an acoustic open mic for our first date. And I also tried to like play it off. Like we showed up at the cafe and I like just happened to have my guitar with me. And I was like, oh, you know, I was coming from somewhere else. And oh, what do you know? My name's on this list. And I like sang original songs at an open mic and made her sit there and watch. And it was the douchiest thing ever guys it was so lame but in my head I thought it was so good because I thought I was demonstrating the one thing of value I had to contribute was that hey I might not be attractive I might not be what you want and I might not have any money but uh I could sing that's always nice people like singing um and it was super lame it was super lame and that's why I should have I wish that I had approached it I ended up working out. I ended up charming her. I walked away from our first date thinking she absolutely hated me. I thought she didn't like me one bit. And apparently she thought I didn't like her one bit because I was so focused on doing my thing and doing this song rather than talking and getting to know her. Um, and the only reason we ended up dating further is she texted me by chance because she thought she saw me on the subway and it wasn't me. She, like, texted me, and she was like, turn around. And I turned around, and I was like, yeah, that's the back of my living room because I'm in my house. What are you talking about? And she's like, oh, I thought I saw you on the subway. And that prompted a conversation which led to a second date. But I did such a piss-poor job on the first date that I thought there was absolutely no way this girl is ever interested in seeing me again. And what I should have been doing is talking to her. Like, learning who she was, where she's from, what her life is, what her values are, what she finds funny, what her hobbies are. Because you got to think about dating in that way. You're interviewing somebody to be your life partner, if that's what you're looking for. You could also be interviewing somebody um, for a one-night stand. And you know what? That's not my style, but to each their own. Do your thing. Have fun. As long as everyone's a consenting adult, have a grand old time. But if you're looking for love and you're looking for a long-term relationship, uh, then, you know, it's really important to get to know the person you're talking to. Uh, thanks, guys. All right. Next question. I got a really, really good one from Dharma. She says, and I don't even know how to answer this. I'm in a poly relationship, meaning, you know, polyamorous with multiple people. How do I tell my boyfriend I want to be monogamous with him? So first off, let me say that I'm out of my element here. So if I say anything offensive, I'm very sorry, because I do not know very much about polyamorous relationships. I have friends who are in polyamorous relationships and seem to be doing just fine and, and like it. Um, I think the main thing with the polyamorous relationship, so from what I understand, the way you're asking it, because you called him your boyfriend, is you're essentially in an open relationship. It seems like, and I might be assuming, but it seems like you are in a relationship with this one person, but want to um, have them commit just with you, but meanwhile you guys are sleeping with and having emotional relationships with other people. That's my understanding, so I'm going to go through it from that. Polyamorous relationships, 
can only really work if you're both 100% into being polyamorous. It sounds like you're not. And it sounds like in order to be in relationship with this one person that you've really liked, that you've kind of lied about being willing to be polyamorous. Um, again, I'm assuming, so I could be totally wrong. Or that in the beginning, you were into being polyamorous because you weren't that into the, your partner. Like, you liked them, but you didn't want them to be your one and only. You liked that. And you caught feelings. You fell in love after a little while. And us as human beings, we, whether we are programmed societally or what have you, we want to feel that feeling of that kind of fairy tale true love feeling. It's something that, you know, you grew up with seeing it in Disney, seeing it wherever. So it's something that that is important to a lot of people. From what it sounds like, Dharma, is that you don't like being polyamorous. You might like the sex. You might like you know, the excitement of it all. Um, but it could be a big thing to ask someone to give up that lifestyle, especially if you went into the relationship with that lifestyle established. There are people that are into polyamory and people who aren't. I personally am not into it. And some, but some people, there's nothing wrong with being into it. There's nothing wrong. It's 2019. You can do whatever you want. There's nothing wrong with being polyamorous, but it has to be fully equal on both sides. All the only real advice that I can have is you definitely have to have a conversation with them, and you can start it with, "Listen, I know we started off being polyamorous, and for so long, that was so cool with me, but over this amount of time." I've gotten to know you better and better and better. And even with us being in these polyamorous relationships and dating other people, I've learned the only person that they all pale in comparison to you. You're the only person I want to be with. And you have to lay that out on the table for your partner. And you have to tell them this is, you're the only person I want to be with because I tried the polyamory thing and they all compare. And, and every time I'm spending time with somebody else, I wish I was spending it with you. And you have to lay that out and you have to see what they say. They either will say the same thing or they'll be like, you know what? I don't feel the same way, but I'm willing to give it a shot for you. I've never been monogamous, but I'm willing to give it a shot because I care about you so much. Or they're going to say, no way. This is what we agreed to. Either we do this or we're not in a relationship. If that happens, I mean, not to quote Steve Harvey, but he's just not that into you. And he's loved having his cake and eating it too, which he's entitled to is another thing. I'm not villainizing this other guy for wanting to be polyamorous, especially if you entered into a polyamorous relationship. He's totally entitled for this to be what he likes and what he wants and what he's looking for in a partner. The sad thing is it is so hard to find. I, I'm, I'm, I personally, um, think it is totally okay to change your mind it's totally okay to be like this worked for a long time and I know we agreed to this but I'm entitled to change my mind and I've changed my mind and I've decided that this polyamorous relationship no longer works for me it's going to be tough 
I do not envy you. It's going to be a very tough conversation to have. But it's one you're going to have to have. If you truly only want to commit to one person because you like this person so much, you got to see if they're willing to do the same. And if they're not, maybe you go on separate ways. And later on, you're going to find someone who fits even better into your life than you thought this other person did. So I... I wish you luck. I wish you a lot of luck. It's going to be tough, but I believe in you, and it's going to work out. So, um, do that. All right. I hope that's good. Um, Next question. Very good question. Greg asks me, how do you deal with making your partner feel comfortable about your body being exposed? That's such a good question. I feel like it's a little specific to me, or at least specific to people that are in my field and in my job. And I've actually talked about this with a lot of other models. Um, Because all the other models I know, uh, especially female models, they do lingerie, they do swim. I take pictures in swim trunks. I take, you know, a lot of bare-chested stuff. And it's tough um, as a partner to have to deal with that. So it's something that me and my wife have been very open about in the past. Um, because it is my job essentially to be clothed less than the average person and be out there with the advent of the internet and the advent of, you know, taking selfies and all this stuff. I think in general, our generation has a lot more less clothed photos of them than the previous generations. I can tell you that there may not, you know, I think the the young, there may not exist photos of my parents in swimwear. And if it is, it's like 35 years old. And there's like two pictures. Whereas us in the selfie generation, there's so many. We document everything. So it's, kind of tough for partners to deal with the fact that okay there are pictures of my partner in lingerie all over the internet and how do I deal with that I think what we're learning really is that the dynamic of relationships and personal boundaries are changing with the internet we still kind of judge our lives and our relationships based on values that our parents grew up with And our parents grew up with those values because they only knew people in their hometown. (laughs) And they never went, and half of them never left their hometown. We, having, you know, internet access, can talk to entire communities across the world that we would have never met before. So, and in doing that, sometimes we share photos with these people. Sometimes we send photos to people on the internet. It happens. I guess my best advice, and, and... What's What I do to make sure with my wife that she feels okay is I always make sure that she knows about everything. Like, hey, I'm doing a swim shoot. Hey, I'm doing this. And always make sh- check back in with your partner. Always make sure they're doing okay. My wife would never tell me not to do a less clothed photo shoot. But I know objectively that sometimes it might make her uncomfortable. So it's my job to talk to her to make her comfortable to stay transparent with everything she does another thing because of social media is 
I, along with a lot of other influencers, get a lot of attention from other people on the internet. A lot of random people sending me uh, photos of themselves um, unclothed. A lot of people sending me sexy messages. A lot of people sending me dirty things. And I know that happens to me, and I know it happens to female influencers in a grosser and a higher volume. So... What I do, what I've always done is uh, stayed very transparent with my wife about that. Every time I do get a weird message, I show it to my wife. The amount of uh, nude photos and uh, <laughs> that my wife and the amount of nude and dirty photos that my wife has seen of all y'all. Just so you know, she's seen them all. Um, but I think that's important is just to stay transparent. I think people become uncomfortable when they think things are going on behind their back. So it's always important to stay transparent with your partner at all times because you're not doing anything wrong. So it's important not to treat it as if you're doing anything wrong. My wife might get mad that a someone sends me a nude photo of themselves. It annoys her. Now it finds her funny. But at the beginning, it was weird. It was rough. It was, you know, before I was an influencer or a celebrity, it was just a normal person. So it was really, really weird to be getting these, you know, photos sent to me. Um, And, you know, eventually she got used to it. But I think what was important is that if I didn't, she got mad that it happened. She would get way madder if one day she opened up her inbox and there were all these dirty messages from guys and girls and dirty photos from guys or girls. And she'd be like, why wouldn't you show me this? It's okay for, don't sacrifice, don't, while not trying to hide little anger, don't, you know, give yourself the potential for big anger. Stay transparent. Make sure your partner trusts you. That's kind of the best way with having a life of, being objectified for your body and also make sure that you're shouting out your partner i always whether you know birthdays anniversaries christmas all that i always post photos of my wife and every time i do it i lose about 500 instagram followers but that's fine because my wife is worth way more than any instagram follower i would have it's important to always make sure you're putting your partner above your vanity is really, I guess, the answer I have to that question. Make sure that they feel comfortable by staying transparent with them. And, yeah, I think I answered that. I hope I did. I'm sorry uh, <laughs> if I didn't. Uh, anyway, next question. How do you know when somebody actually cares about you? Asks Greg. Great question. How do you know when somebody cares about you? Someone has to know you. I think that I think us as human beings are our whole life is wanting to be known and wanting to be seen. For example, my wife and I just do little things that my wife makes a pot of coffee every single day before she leaves. She gets up before me. She leaves before me. She makes a pot of coffee. I don't think she even gets to drink it most of the time, but she makes a pot of coffee, so when I wake up, there's coffee waiting for me. It's little acts like that that show you that somebody cares because my wife knows that I can't function without coffee. It's not just a nice thing. She knows that it's something I need every single day, and 
she doesn't, you know, it might be a chore for her, but she does it. I know that my wife, who works long hours, likes to come home to a meal. And that's something I try to do because I enjoy cooking. So I try to make sure she has, if she, especially if she's been out for like a long 12-hour day, I make sure she has something to eat when she gets home because I know she won't eat. I know she'll she'll have like a, a bag of kale and go to bed. She won't eat a fully nutritious meal that will actually nourish her. So little acts of kindness are kind of how you can tell. See if they remember things about you. See if they... It's all about being seen and being known. You'll be able to tell if someone cares about you because they will repeat something you've said. They will kind of say a joke the way you say a joke one time. You'll start to intertwine a little bit. You will start to tell a story and she'll let you know that you've told that already. Like, it's... Being known and being seen is, I think, a very important part in a relationship. And if you're worried about someone caring about you, drop the fact that you love something small. Something small. My wife loves pasta in a can. Like, you know, Chef Boyardee and SpaghettiOs. She loves it for some reason. If you love something small like that, give someone the opportunity to do something nice for you. Mention how much you like pasta in a can. Just an example. Mention it two, three. Talk about it for you know a week or two. Don't expect it to happen right away. Casually mention it for a week or two like, oh, I love that. See if that can of pasta shows up. And one day, your partner might come home with two cans of $1.19 Chef Boyardee. And... Yeah, you, you know that they were listening and you know that they found something that mattered to you. Even though it's a, just a small gesture, it means that they care and it means that they're listening. So it's really, really nice. I think small acts are very, very important in relationships. Now, some people love each other different ways. But for me personally, small acts are how I know someone was listening, how I know somebody truly cares. So pay attention in that way. Um, that just reminded me of another question that let me find very quickly because I thought it was hilarious. Um, someone asks, Dharma asks, if someone blocks you on Facebook, does that mean that they're not interested or dot, dot, dot? It means they're not interested. It means they're not interested. If they block you on Facebook or on any social media, they don't want a connection with you. It means they aren't interested. And maybe they're telling you they're interested, but they blocked you on Facebook. That means they don't want you to see something. That means they're hiding and they're lying to you. And they're using you for your their own self-gratification rather than caring about you. Um, if someone doesn't want you in their life, then don't push to be in their life. Especially in this generation. Take our, the signals. We have to take signals literally. I feel like we're kind of past playing hard to get. Um, just because, you know, politically and, and socially, playing hard to get can be a little dangerous. So 
us as a generation, if someone tells us no, if someone blocks us, if someone tells us to go away, go away. Don't I why why would you want to fight for someone who doesn't want to be with you? I know that goes against romance and that goes against all the storybooks we read growing up, but like why in the world would you fight that? Why in the world would you try to be I want my partner to love me for who I am. I don't want to have to chase them down. I want to share things with them, not to constantly be fighting an uphill battle. If someone blocks you on Facebook, move on. Relax. Don't, 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 don't. Just move on. <laughs> so, please do that. Um, next question. Another Dharma asks, does having a big booty help find love? Um... Yes. Yes, it does. Everyone loves a big booty. But people love small booties as well, so don't get discouraged. Um, I feel like that's the easiest question I've ever answered. The answer is yes. Uh, Greg asks, how do you start to love yourself when self-worth is so low? I love my body and who I am, but I'm scared of people. I think, Greg... Um, I kind of was talking about this a little bit earlier, but um, I'm afraid of people too. I think everyone's afraid of people. Everyone's afraid because we've all grown up and we've been rejected and we've been insulted and we've had terrible things said to our face and behind our backs. So it's super nerve-wracking getting to know people. Um, But loving yourself is the most important thing. It's the most important thing. It's the most important thing. Because you can't give anything of yourself to another person if you don't love yourself. Because if you hate yourself, why would you give something you hate to a person you supposedly love? Does that make sense? I think it does. You have to have self-worth and self-love. And I know self-esteem is still low. So what's important is really to nothing builds confidence and nothing builds self-worth than the act of doing. The act of going out and doing something that is important. It could be as simple as I've always wanted to hike the Appalachian Trail. I don't know if I ever will in my life in its entirety. It's about 2,300 miles. It's an intense, intense, it takes like six months straight. I doubt I'll ever do it. But part of that dream is me going out and hiking and climbing a little farther and going out a little deeper and climbing a little higher every single time. And it went from me being like, there's no way I can ever do that to now I'm like, you know what? With the right resources, I totally could. Nothing boosts your confidence than actually doing it. Um, that's why it's so hard, I think, for big people to exercise. I know it's terrifying for me. I hate the gym. I fucking hate it. I try not to go. But when I do start going, you start gaining your confidence. You start kind of finding your rhythm and doing do something that's hard for you to do every day. But also do something you like. When I say do something that's hard for you, it doesn't mean you know, go do something. It's, it's, it's really hard carrying boulders too, but I don't want to do that. And there's no reason for me to do that. So I'm not going to, 
but it's hard for me to get out and small talk with other people. And I might sound really stupid the first couple times, but then after a while, I might go out and meet someone and meet a new friend and actually get to know a person in two seconds because I'm not doing the same old boring how's the weather thing. Um, loving yourself, you have to do in small acts day by day. What's really important is to stop belittling yourself. The rest of the world might tell you that you are worthless. You cannot join in that chorus. You cannot also tell yourself you're useless. Mantras, I think, are very important, or something like a mantra. Every day, tell yourself that you're okay. Tell yourself that you like yourself. Tell yourself that you are worth something. Just a little bit every day. You have to be your own advocate because the world's really harsh and it's not going to advocate for you. It's not. The world, you're going to go up and every day, especially I live in New York City. I walk outside and every day, you know, the world tells me I'm a piece of crap for existing because it's a harsh city and you kind of need to hang on. But so if everything is so against you, especially if you feel like everything's so against you, you cannot also be against yourself. First step to self-love is before you learn to love yourself, you need to learn to respect yourself. Don't tear yourself down the way the rest of the world will. Focus on building yourself up. Um, that's really the first steps in how to love yourself. Learn first, respect yourself, then you learn to love yourself. First, you show yourself the respect of being kind to yourself and taking care of yourself. And then after a while, you learn, you know what, I'm kind of funny. You know what, I am good at this. You know what, I do that. And that's when you start to learn to love yourself. So it, it goes back to another answer where I'm like, you need to, before you worry about loving anybody, you got to love yourself first. Super, super important. Super important. Um, someone asked, uh, Dharma asked, how do you deal with weight insecurity in relationships? Be open, be honest about it. I'm still insecure about my weight. I think being a big person, we think that people will not love us because of our weight, or we think that people will love us in spite of our weight. And that's not fair to ourselves. We think that either we have to be tolerated or ignored or it, it, it's it's a it's something you put in your head ahead of time where you're already judging your weight as a negative. Um and it's because we've been programmed to judge our weight as a negative our whole lives. So it's kind of hard to take the steps to not see it as a negative thing. But think about your weight as not an insecurity, not as a burden, but it's who you are. You're a bigger person. That doesn't mean that won't change. If you really hate it, then go lose weight by all means. Body positivity isn't telling people not to lose weight. Body positivity is telling you that you are okay the way you are. And you are worthy of love the way you are. And you are worthy of respect the way you are. And if you want to change the way you are, it's your body. By all means, go do it. But make sure you're doing it for you, not because you think others will like you more because of this. 
don't be insecure in I don't know. That's a stupid thing to say. Of course you're going to be insecure. I'm insecure too. But it's 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 hard. Don't th- I don't know. I really don't even know how to phrase it, guys. All of my insecurities come from my weight or come from growing up being a bigger person, whether taller or fatter or whatever you want to say. That's where all of my insecurities in life have like started and that's where they come from. And I definitely had huge issues in past relationships because I was insecure with my body and I was insecure with everything. I would, you know, and it was crippling. It was so crippling for so long and it still cripples me sometimes. That's another thing. You don't suddenly become not insecure. You don't wave a magic wand and love everything about yourself. You still have bad days, but it's important to try to learn and find a way to make the bad days more less often than the good days. Make the good days way more often than the bad days. Um, I think if you have a partner that you trust and a partner that you love, it's important to be open about your insecurities about weight. Tell them like, listen, it, it, this is hard for me. I, it's, it's hard for me to be intimate. It's hard for me to be touched. It's hard for me to value myself because of my weight. I know that's, those were the cases for me. Um, and if you have an open and honest partner, then that's something you can talk about. And if your partner says something like, well, yeah, maybe you should lose weight, then you shouldn't be with that partner. Which sounds super harsh, but you're looking for someone who loves you and loves your soul and is attracted to you no matter what. Uh, we Everyone has physical preferences, but my wife could you know, grow an extra head and I'd still love her. It, it shouldn't matter what the physical... Relationship, your relationship will work because of your personalities and because of your souls and because of the connection you guys have. And yes, physical attractiveness is very, very, very important. And you probably wouldn't be in a relationship if the person didn't find you attractive in some way. Not but you need to find someone who does find you attractive the way you are and will find you attractive all through the journey. And if someone has issues with your weight, if if that's the deal breaker for them, then they didn't like you. Then they didn't like you the way they should and the way you deserve to be loved and the way you deserve to be in a relationship. If I could boil all of this down into one guys, one thing, guys, because I'm going to wrap it up here anyway, is you deserve it. You deserve to be loved. You deserve a partner that cares for you and connects with you on an emotional and a spiritual and an, a, a cerebral level. These are things you deserve. And what's important is not to settle for anything less. Now, that doesn't mean that relationships are not hard work. They absolutely are. 
But put your work into something that's worth putting it into. If you guys have issues in the very, very beginning, if you start dating someone and you're immediately fighting and you're immediately having issues, then that's not the right person for you. Life gets really, really hard, guys. Life gets really, really hard. If you guys are fighting about bullshit, little, tiny, nothings. You're fighting over what to have for dinner. You're fighting over whether this person cleaned or not. You're fighting over um, a comment somebody left on a Facebook thread or something like that. If you guys are getting into knockdown, blowout fights over little things like that, then how in the world can you move forward? How in the world can you be a partner? If you guys are fighting over literally nothing, What's going to happen when your house gets foreclosed on? What's going to happen when one of you loses your job and a career? What is going to happen when one of you gets in an accident and loses their ability to work? What happens when your child gets sick and you lose your entire life savings trying to save the life of your sick child? What happens when you face real-world problems? Because that's what you're ultimately looking for in a partner. You're looking for someone that you can take on anything with. So if you guys are fighting about nothing and you've never had a real problem before, then that's not the person for you. You deserve it. You deserve more. You deserve to feel valued. You deserve to want what you deserve. I mean, it's, we all settle. Every relationship I had before my wife, I settled into. And I thought, yeah, this doesn't work, and this person isn't right for reasons X, Y, and Z, but I'll make it work. I'm going to make it. You know, you're taught to fight through. And the real reason is there's no reason to. There's no reason to fight through it. If your relationship isn't working, if it's not what you, if it, if you, it's different between you guys fighting, having little nitpick fights. Like I used an example earlier of like you know not doing the dishes you can have a fight about that but still a respectful fine fight couples fight but when you couples fight to the point where you're like i don't know if this is gonna work if the thought i don't know if this is gonna work ever goes through your head that's the sign that you're in the wrong relationship if you ever think i don't think i could put up with this for the rest of my life don't don't because you haven't had a real problem yet. So that's my two pieces of advice. Um, that being said, love is wonderful. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Um, yeah. Love yourself. Respect yourself. Put yourself first. And once you find who you are, you can then share yourself with other people. And it's fun. I don't know if this was good at all, guys, but thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for always being a part of this show. Thank you for dealing with me for the past 70 episodes. I love you all so, 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 so much. Follow us online at Zach Miko, Z-A-C-H-M-I-K-O, Facebook.com slash BigThingsPod, BigThingsPod.com. You guys know it. Um I might do some of these Q&As more in the future. I might not. I don't know if anyone likes these or if I'm just scratching my own itch here. So <laughs> let me know if you want to hear more Q&As or not. Otherwise, I'll stick to my guests. Don't you guys worry. 
Thank you so much. I love you. You deserve to be loved. You deserve to have a partner that wants to be part of your life. Uh, And until next week, remember to go out in the world and do big things. Uh